So uh, life was put on pause for us for the last week. We were in quarantine for the week, which was a, a new experience. Not that we didn't do that back in uh, March, where like everybody else did, but this time was just unique to us in that sense, which was odd. Um, and it rocks your world a little bit about wondering why you get so restless when you're told to stay home. <laughs> um, but a bigger pause. Uh, as I get into the message this morning, before I do that, um, throughout the last quarter of last year, as we were finishing up our readings and going into Christmas and all those things there, my mind was going forward to how to start out the new year. And the biggest thing there was, was uh, we did the message at the beginning of the year, keeping the main thing the main thing, and loving God with our whole heart, and loving people like we love ourselves, and loving like God loves. But all that has been, originally the original plan was because God has actually called us to what the Bible calls the Great Commission, to go and tell the world, to go and make disciples. And so the whole thing has been building toward that point. And I spent those first two weeks um, prepping a message, did the loving God and loving people and the importance of having God's heart. And as we have God's heart, and the more, more we love Him, the more we love like Him and act like Him. And then... A week and a half ago, as I was preparing for the message I was going to deliver last week, which I'm going to deliver now, I had, a, an, I, had, I had done the original research and everything and had everything all put together, needed to put an outline together, and I got to Thursday, which is my normal time to put the outline together, and I'll tell you, what a mess. I sat there in my office for hours, trying to come, not trying to come up, because I had great content, which I know God had moved on, but I could not come together to find a way to put it together and finally usually I try to be done by three o'clock or four o'clock in the afternoon if I can so I can get the other things done that need to be done to prepare for Sunday morning but I think it pushed into five or five thirty before I finally in the last hour an outline came <laughs> and then that evening we get the phone call that we're in quarantine so I'm not even going to be preaching so then you start wondering you know Lord what's that all about was it was the struggle because you do I didn't need to or but there was more to that, and my heart's been burning over the last week again to that. The Great Commission is important, and we're going to talk about that in coming weeks. But we cannot get past this important, the important part of loving God with our whole heart and having His heart and letting Him transform our heart. Because I'll say it, I'm going to say it at the end of the message, I'm going to say it at the beginning. If we don't have the Father's heart, which comes from loving Him and spending time with Him, no matter how hard and how diligent we become and how much we may want to fulfill His call and the Great Commission to go and make disciples, we won't get it right. We'll do it out of wrong motivation. We won't love. We won't have it the way God wants it to be. And He's been, I don't know how to express that and emphasize that enough, that God has been absolutely hammering in my heart to the point where it's, I, I, I have... He's shown me a lot of stuff to share over the next few weeks, and, and that's been there since last year, but he won't let me go on. I just get, he just won't let me go on to go on to those new things until we really make sure that we, we really recognize that this loving God thing is not just something, uh, it's not just something to be checked off the list. It becomes a part of the fabric of our life because God needs, first off, he desires us to love him, but he also knows that that's the only way we're going to develop his heart. Now, so today's message is a test of our hearts. Okay? 
So I'm going to go back to my teaching days. And now get this ready. Okay, so let's pretend we're in a classroom right now. And you come to class. You are expecting the teacher to just teach. And you're going to do that. And the first thing they say is, okay, close your books. Put them on the floor. And get out a blank sheet of paper. And what happens in your heart immediately? You panic. Because they said, pop quiz. We're going to have a pop quiz this morning. Actually, the whole message is a pop quiz. You didn't know it was coming. Maybe you didn't realize. I realized too that I prep and think about these things and there's a plan where I believe God's taking us as far as messages. Many of you don't think about those. You come to church and what does God have for us today? But this is all a, a big, from the beginning of January through this, there's this a series of what God is trying to, I think, build into us as a church and, and there's more coming in that. But it was kind of like he said, it's, we need to stop for a second and take a pop quiz and find out what's going on in our hearts. Okay? So, <laughs> right now you might have sweaty palms and you wonder, am I really prepared? This, the quiz that we're going to do this morning, it's not a handwritten quiz, and, and I'll work with you on that as we go through, but it's to test if, if your heart is truly soft before the Lord. It's to test, do I really, you know, I can give verbal consent that I want to love God with my whole heart, I am loving God with my whole heart. The question is, are we really loving God with our whole heart? And then maybe even, I want to love people like God loves them. I want to have God's heart for people. But then the question is, do we have God's heart for people? If you can picture this, what we're actually doing from a medical perspective right now is we're going to put the all those leads all over your body and your chest and all those things that leave the nice marks left on you after they're done to take a spiritual EKG. We want to test the condition of our heart this morning. And I'm going to start with this. You say, well, well the, the, the actual quiz comes at the end, but the rest of the message to get there, we have to cover this so that we can ask the right questions at the end. Okay? Now the first part is I've got a series of things I wanted to let you know this morning is that God sees God sees. As He is in heaven this morning, His presence is here amongst us. And His Spirit dwells, those that have asked Christ in heart, He dwells in us. But He, he also sees, not from afar, but right up close, a lot of things about us. And I'll just say this right now. God sees the person, whether you're here in the room this morning, or listening online, or whoever that would happen to be, He sees the person who doesn't know if life is worth living any longer. Who for a myriad of reasons have absolutely and totally reached the end of their rope. And they came to the conclusion that there's nothing more that I can do. And there's absolutely no fight left, physically speaking. Emotionally speaking. And they're at that spot where they're ready to give up. And in that can be a lot of things all the way to the biggest one, which is even contemplating suicide. God sees you. If that's you. God sees you. God sees that person. He also sees the person who has everything, yet has nothing. Who has everything, yet has nothing. You have all that a person could ask for and all that a person could want. you got a house or houses, possessions, Wealth, relationships, positions of influence and power, yet when you're by yourself, 
you realize that you're still empty. And you can't get past this spot deep down inside and you're thinking, there's got to be more. I've got everything the world would ever say would make me happy, but there's got to be more. You're tired, worn out, disillusioned because what you thought would fulfill and satisfy you has only left you wanting more. God sees you. God sees where you're at. God also sees the person who's hurting really bad. Life has dealt you some bad blows or you've made some really bad choices. Maybe you've tried drugs and alcohol and sex or just about anything you can think of or try to cover and mask the pain or to fill the void in your life. But everything that you put in there to try to cover and mask that pain and get some kind of relief from, from all the hurt and all the stuff inside of you, nothing has been able to fulfill that. In fact, each thing you put in there only makes the void larger. I assure you that God sees you and sees your heart. God sees the person, He sees the person who's cast aside, who's not valued, who's overlooked, not important, and is just frankly an afterthought for most people. Deep down inside, all you've ever wanted in life is just to fit in. All you've ever wanted is a place to belong. You just wanted somebody, anybody, to value you. Be valued by anyone. Yet, the world has cast you aside, thrown you to the curb, discounts your value, and really doesn't pay any attention. God sees you. He sees the person that's just gripped with fear. It's all around you. Everywhere you look, it just causes fear and anxiety. It gets to the point, it's built to the point in your life where it's all-encompassing. For a while, you might have been able to push it off into the distance, but increasingly, it's becoming more and more and more consuming. It started small years and years ago, but it's built. And no matter what you try to do to put that off, you're still afraid and you're gripped with it. Now it's so large and ominous that it had literally has begun all-consuming. It almost occupies, it's always right there, either in the forefront or just off the forefront of your mind. And the moment things get quiet and silent, that fear and that anxiety is there. No matter how hard you shove it down, it immediately pops itself back up. And you shove it down here and it pops up in three other forms over there. And then as you have looked at it, this stuff all predated a year ago. And all the things that have happened in the last year have only made it worse. God sees you. He sees the person that's overcome with anxiety and stress. You used to be able, at some one point in your life, you could manage the things that life threw at you. Now things are coming so rapidly and in such large amounts that it's, you're straining not to break under the load of all that stuff. What you really long for, deep down inside, maybe you've never told me, but what you're really longing for is peace and a respite. But all you get is more of the same added to your plate. You really have questions of what is the answer to all that stress and anxiety. You wonder what you can do to cope because you've tried just about everything you can think of to make it through. God sees you. God sees the person who's racked with guilt. You are absolutely horrified 
with all the things that you've done in your life. The people you've hurt, the lies that you've destroyed, the pain that you've caused other people, the bad things you've done, God sees you. I want to tell you this morning that God has a heart of compassion for you. He says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your weary souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says this too, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And that's talking about our enemy, Satan the devil. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. And then another scripture. Let anybody who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And then the classic verse. For God so loved the world that He gave His only one, one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God didn't send His Son into the world to condemn it, but to save the world through Him. Jesus came to earth, and as He came to earth, He was God. He existed with God from the beginning, and He was God and is God. And in that sense, when Jesus comes to earth, not only is God, but He also has God's heart. He has God's heart because He was God. And I want you to see again, and I've I've talked about this a little bit in, in previous weeks, but I want to reiterate again this morning. Jesus shows us what the heart of the Father is and what it looks like. In the words He says, come from God's heart. Look at some things that Jesus said. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That gives us a glimpse, a picture of God's heart towards mankind. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. It also says in Psalm 147, speaking about Jesus in the Father's heart, He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. Let that sink in. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. And then look in Isaiah 42. He will take hold of you, take hold of your hand, to open the eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. He won't brush aside the bruised and the hurt, and He won't disregard the small and insignificant. But He'll steadily and firmly set things right. He won't tire out and He won't quit. He won't be stopped until He's finished His work to set things right on earth. That's the Father's heart. That's the heart that Jesus had. I want to tell you this morning that God is offering you one thing and calling you to another. So there's, He's laying out an offering to everybody regardless of where you are in your walk with the Lord or non-walk with the Lord or where you're at feeling-wise, emotionally, He's offering you something and calling you to something this morning. The thing that He's offering you this morning is a series of things. These are the things that He's offering. God is offering each and every one of us a life that's worth living. A life that's full of purpose, full of meaning, 
and full of abundant life. When I say full of life, I even use that because it needs clarification because we immediately think of our physical lives. And for some of us, our physical lives aren't anything to be excited about. But he, 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 he offers us a life that's full of abundant life like nothing that you've ever experienced before. Take the best day that you've ever had and what He's offering is even better than that. He's offering us treasures that last. Treasures that have true value. Have eternal value compared to the things that we pursue in this world like riches and wealth and power and fame and relationships and whatever else. He's offering treasure that truly has value. Things that that will actually fill the void deep in our hearts. Things that will satisfy us and fulfill us and give us purpose. What He's giving, offering us is treasures that will bring true contentment and forever remove the gnawing emptiness inside of us. He's offering us healing. Healing from the pain and the hurt that we're desperately trying to cover up. God alone can remove that which is unbearable on the inside of us. And I want to give you hope and realize this, that His fix is a permanent fix. It's not a band-aid. It's not something that only lasts for a little while. It's a permanent fix that gets better and better and better when He brings healing. He's offering us a place to belong where finally we really fit in where we're highly valued as His child. A place where we no longer are cast aside or thrown away, but get this, no matter what your perceived state is, He's offering you a robe and a crown because you have become spiritually loyal to Him. And when you become spiritually loyal to that robe and that crown, robes and crowns are given to what kind of people? Not peasants. Not weaklings. But royalty. And I want to tell you, when you give your heart to Christ, what He's offering you is not just to be a slave and a servant, which is one analogy in the Bible. He calls us what? Sons and daughters. A royal priesthood. He's giving us this, this place of significance in Him spiritually speaking, where we truly fit in. He's offering us courage and strength so that no fear could ever stand in our midst. No fear would be able to consume us any longer because of the courage and strength He gives. A courage and strength that overcomes anything that might come your way in the future. Something before that would knock you off, knock you off the proverbial horse or make life or put you into a train wreck or whatever else. He's offering a courage and strength. And when that thing comes, it might startle you for a second, but there's strength and there's courage to face it head on and overcome. He's offering a courage and strength so that you no longer are going to worry about what will happen next or what will I do if, because you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you've got a protector who is greater than anything the world can come at you. And the promise He said that greater is He that lives within you than he that's in the world. And anything that the world could throw at you doesn't stand a chance to stand up and rob joy and peace any longer. He's offering you peace that passes understanding. A peace that passes understanding. Calmness 
in the midst of turmoil. A peace that makes absolutely no sense to others around you considering what you're facing or what you've been through. I want to tell you in that peace, it's not necessarily peace because He removes the problem or the source that causes stress or anxiety. No, it's He may not remove those things which make you anxious, but He has promised to walk through it with you and give you peace. That's why it's peace that passes understanding. You realize in the world, anybody can have peace when the circumstance is removed. Real peace is when the circumstance is not removed and you're calm and peaceful in the midst of it. And you don't even understand why. And people around you are blown away. How can that be? It's because of the presence of God Himself and that's what He offers us. At times, maybe the situation is so bad that you can't make it and at those times, you know what He does? He picks you up and carries you when you can't take another step. And at times, things get so severe that he, he calls you to Himself and that the analogy He gives in Scripture, I long to, to, to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks and spread my wings over you. Let us not be like the children of Israel who refused that protection. Because He's offering us a protection from all that could harm and all that could do bad things to us by saying, come and let me gather my wings over you so that you can be safe. He offers us forgiveness. God has promised that if we come to Him in humility, admitting our wrongdoings, admitting our need for a Savior, that He will remove those sins and remove those misdeeds and He uses it as far as the east is from the west. Well, how far is that? You can think the rest of your life trying to figure out how far the east is from the west and not figure it out because it's a long ways. That's why He used that thing there because He, he takes something totally out of our realm of human understanding or ability to reason through because he gets rid of it once and for all he's promised that when 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 we come to him in that humility and ask for that forgiveness he he tells us and promises that when he looks on us after that moment he no longer sees our sin he no longer sees the sin-stained life but what he actually sees is the purity and the perfection of jesus himself it's called a robe of righteousness that's pure and clean. God has, has said, I will make you pure before me if you'll come to me. He's offering, well, that's the things He's offered. All those things there. He's got an answer and an offer for everything that we as humans would be bogged down and beaten up in, in turmoil over. Or scared about. Or angry about. Or frustrated with. He's got an answer and an offer all those things there and he's also calling us to something god god is calling every single person that hears this message this morning he's offering you all those things every single person i don't care where you are even if you're shaking your fist at god he's still offering all that stuff to you even if you've walked with god for for 60 years he's still offering you all that stuff and i want to tell you every single person that hears this even again, if you're shaking your fist at God or if you've been walking with Him for 60 years, He's still calling you to go and to make disciples. He's calling you to help other people around you to follow after God. He's calling you to help people around you to find healing and the hope that they desperately need. He's calling each and every one of us to help them to walk in a relationship with Him to help people become mature and Christ-like. 
And that is true, even the person that's listening, that you're not even sure that God exists or whatever, that call is still on your life because that's what He created human beings to do after the fall, which was to come to meet Him, walk with Him, and then help other people find the same thing. That really is the destiny that God has planned for you. The question is, will we choose to walk in it or not? Now there are three categories of people. And now would be the time that you've got that blank paper on your desk right now and your books are down and you've been leaning on it and you've probably been sweating through the... Maybe you, maybe you forgot about it now, but there's just still a quiz coming. And now there are three different categories of people after hearing what we've heard this morning so far. <laughs> I wrote down in my notes that I would have you actually take out a piece of paper, grade yourself, not grade yourself, put your answers on it, and then give the paper to the person sitting next to you. Didn't you hate that in school? Especially if you're one that didn't get things right very often because somebody else then knew how poorly you did. Not going to do that this morning. Because you know what? The person sitting next to you is not capable of grading you or evaluating you. Only you and God together can evaluate you in this quiz this morning. I want to stop for just a second. We're going to spend just a short, just a few seconds of silence where everybody... I'm encouraging everybody, whether you're alive or you hear this in a recording, to take a, just a few seconds or a minute or whatever it is to get silent before the God and ask God to help you make an honest evaluation. To ask God to help you to understand and have the strength to take the next steps that come as we process forward. And I want to do that right now. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. Just be real with God and ask Him for His Spirit to flow into your being as we sit here silently and, and reveal himself and help you to have an honest evaluation. Go ahead and do that and I'll pray in just a second. Heavenly Father, we're, I'm reminded as, I, as people are praying and silently before you this morning, Lord, that you've told us that, that we can't even trust our own hearts because we're not really capable of giving a good evaluation, Lord. We're asking for your intervention this morning, asking for the power of your Spirit which separates joint from marrow and can really tell us what the contents of our heart is. And Lord, we invite your Holy Spirit this morning in each one of our lives to give us a true evaluation of where we're at. Lord, help us not to be afraid of what we'll see or afraid of how you feel about us. Help us to be anticipating and almost excited and maybe ashamed. Whatever all those things are, Lord, they're real. But realizing that you don't bring us to this place this morning without an intense desire to help us to see our heart for what it is and then to work with us to change it in the likeness of Christ. And we invite your Spirit even now to speak to each one of us to open our hearts to receive, to be honest and, and forthright before you, and then be willing to do the things that you show us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Now for the grading. Okay. There are three types of people. Three types of people. And you've got to choose as I go through this which type you are. Allowing the Spirit of God to speak to you. First type. As I read through all those things that God sees, all those different kinds of people, person number one finds themselves actually as one of those people listed at the beginning. 
of the message that God sees. One or two or three, you realize, oh, wow. As they were saying, it's like, that's me to a T. I, that's who I am. And there was something that leaps in your heart when it says that God sees and God knows. I want you to know that God has come for you. He's here for you. And He offers you life that you have not been able to attain on your own. That's person number one. Person number two, you didn't find yourself personally in any of those descriptions. Maybe you've been there in the past, but you've already had God come and show up on your behalf. And He's done immaculate work in your life and He's changed and He's, he's brought life and He's brought healing and hope and all those things there. But as I was going through God sees and going that, you had people come to your mind. Not in a judgmental way, but people that came to your mind as the different types of people were listed. You, you, you saw faces and you thought of names and thought of acquaintances. Your heart almost breaks for those people. Because you understand that pain because you've been there yourself and you know that they're there and you just wish that they could receive those things that God has for them. And maybe it's not even just a specific person that you're thinking of, but maybe you just break, your heart breaks for humanity in general because of the state they're in. God is speaking to you today. Person number two. You have... God's heart. That's where that breaking of your heart comes from. That's where that compassion that comes from. That's where the longing comes from that I just wish that people or this person or that person would be able to experience the, the full love of God. God has placed His heart in you as and, and part of the process as you have been working at loving Him and walking with Him and relating to Him and spending time with Him without you knowing it, He has taken your heart of stone that used to be in there and He's replaced it with a soft heart that's after His. And that's why you feel the way you feel. That's why you have those moments when you come across somebody and it almost brings you to tears when you know what they're going through. And you realize there's nothing I personally can do about it, but you know who does and you want to find some way to make that connection. You want, you want to help people that are in that condition or those conditions. You want to help them find the real answers. And find real relief. Not what the world offers, but what Jesus Christ offers. And you say, how can there be three people? The third person this morning. You find yourself totally unmoved by anything that's gone on this morning. You're here. You've heard it. But there's nothing going on in there. This is going to sound hard, but it's the reality. If you've got nothing going on in there at all this morning, either way, person one or person two, and you can't identify with either one honestly before yourself, you have what the Bible calls a hard heart. It's an indication that maybe you say you love God, but you really don't. You don't really love God with your whole heart because if you did, you would have some form of feeling deep down inside that you, couldn't, you, you, you just can't explain what's going on, but something's moving in there. And I plead with you this morning, if you've got nothing going in your heart, you need to be begging God to change that heart. Change that hard heart and to soften it. So that you can see yourself 
and you can see other people around you from God's perspective. So the question is, in this pop quiz this morning, which are you? You could be number one, who saw yourself personally in those situations. Person number two, who were absolutely moved in your heart and had people popping in your mind or in general, the longing for people like that to be helped and healed. You could be a combination of one and two. You've got some of those things in your life and you also are moved to help people or you're person number three that's not moved at all in either way. When I taught, there were times when I did give pop quizzes. Some of them were graded, some of them weren't. I never told them they weren't going to, the grade wasn't going to count, but it was an evaluation tool. Most of the time, yeah, I had to give tests and quizzes so that people could actually receive a grade, but in reality, the longer I taught, the tests and the quizzes and the pop quizzes were more for the students to know what they really know and know what they don't know, and then to work together to find out how do I fix what I don't know. And so I'm not going to leave you with just answering which one are you because that's not, that, that doesn't matter. Why take someone to a spot where God, the Spirit of God does an evaluation to heart and not give them something to do as a result of that? We need to move forward in the light of the grade. What do you do now? I want to tell you this morning, if you categorized yourself in any way, shape, or form as person number one who experiences and feels those things that I shared at the beginning that God sees, I'm telling you again, God is calling you to a relationship with Him. He's offering healing, hope, answers, etc. to whatever you're feeling this morning. He's calling you, ready, to be His disciple. To be His follower. And we're going to spend a lot of time over the next few weeks talking about what it means to be a disciple. That's what He's calling you to. He knows, God knows this, that if you will come and if you will follow Him, if you will come and you will seek Him, all the things that are gnawing at your heart, that were painful even to hear this morning, He knows that all those things will be taken care of in your life if you will but come and follow after Him and seek Him. I plead with you this morning, if that's you, come to God. Make your request known. Tell Him what you need out of those things. Be willing to give up all around you and follow Him. And the reality of the matter is, if you, one of the people, in some, one of those things in that category, if one or two or three of them are just you to a hilt, can you, can, you, can you admit to yourself this morning that everything that you've tried to do to fix that yourself has not worked, it's only made it worse. And are you willing then to give that stuff up and saying, I am sick and tired of trying to do it my way and get the fix. I'm going to turn and follow after God and let Him do what He's promised. Ask Him to forgive you for your shortcomings. Ask Him to heal your broken heart. Commit yourself to follow after Him. That's probably the most important part. And that comes from the only experiences in my life where some of those things in my life have been some of those things in those categories where things were me. Where, you know what, some of them God miraculously moved in a moment. Other ones He has worked at as I have committed myself to follow after Him and to be His disciple and to follow His ways and walk in relationship. Over time, He's brought healing and hope in those areas. If you're honest to yourself, your life at least parts of it, 
really aren't worth holding on to anymore. Because the harder you hold on to them, the more pain and suffering and hurt you have. God offers you something this morning that's far superior if you'll just commit to Him and follow after Him. If you'll dedicate yourself to love Him with your whole being. Going back to message number one. If you'll commit yourself to love God with your whole being, even if you don't fully understand what that means, but you make that your life's goal to find out what it means to love God with your whole being and walk in that. He's offering you so many things that will permanently fix the situations in your life. If you're person number two, if you're person number two and your heart is breaking this morning and you're thinking of other people and you, you immediately, as we talk, as I, as I listed some of those things, you're thinking, well, man, I got this coworker and they're in that spot. They really, I wish they could hear that this morning. I have a family member, a child, a spouse, an aunt, an uncle, a neighbor, a friend who's going through it and they need those things right now. For you, I want to give a second question before we go any further. First off, if your heart is moved inside for the suffering and the hurt of people around you and you wish that they could have permanent fixes to that, my first question is, have you ever yourself committed yourself to Christ? Like I just mentioned in person number one. Dedicated yourself to follow God. To love Him with all you have. You've got to start there. You have to be a disciple of Jesus Christ first and foremost. You can't help people or lead people to the solution if you've not gone to the solution yourself. You can't make disciples if you're not a disciple. You can't help somebody follow Jesus if you're not following Him. It's that simple. And yes, God does break our hearts and move us in our spirit sometimes to help other people and long to do so before we ever come to Christ. But you can't skip that step. It won't work. Because you will not have what they really need. And you can't offer them something that you haven't experienced yourself. Know this, if you're person number two. Get this in your head. God has called you to not only be a disciple, but to make disciples. He's not only called you to be a follower of Him, but to help other people become followers of Him. The empathy, the compassion that you felt in your heart, the desire to help those in pain and hurt, ready, is the very heart of God ticking inside of you. That heart of God Himself is compelling you, pushing you, prompting you to obey the words of Jesus. Some of the last words He said while He was on earth before He went back to be with His Father, which is, now go and make disciples. Because God knows this, and Jesus knew it as well, because they're one and the same. The answer to all those situations for the people around you the real answer for those things is for that person to walk in a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Not just going to church. And not something that's religious. But to enter into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what they need. I'm not downplaying the physical needs that people have because we're called also to help people in their physical needs. 
But we can never let that trump what the real need is in people's lives, which is a relationship with Jesus Christ, which will transform and change every part of their being. If you're person number two this morning, will you commit yourself to that call of making disciples? Because your heart, the heart of God compels you. Because your heart, because the heart that's in you, which is God's heart, is feeling their pain and their hurt. Because you have been where they are and you know the healing and hope that you have found in Christ and you've come to the realization that it's not just for you. It's a free gift that's available to anybody that will open up their hands and receive it. Will you commit yourself to doing that? If you're person number three, again, beg God to soften your heart. Beg God to soften that heart because what you really have is a hard heart. You're not loving God with your whole being. But there is hope. There is hope. Because there's hope that you can change, but you cannot stay in the state that you're in of not feeling anything inside in those situations realistically and expect to spend eternity with God in heaven. It doesn't work that way. The Bible has a lot to say about hard-heartedness. We're given strong warning. It's in our devotional this week. If you want to find that on our social media and those things, uh, pages are on our website, the link to it. It talks about furthering its ideas is spiritual heart health. You can't enter the kingdom of heaven with a hard, stone-hard heart. It does not happen. We're going to spend a little bit of time here in a second again, a few minutes in prayer again. Okay? And these are the things I would just prompt you to think about in response to this message. A lot of other things you can pray about, but we're here with a purpose this morning. Come to Jesus for forgiveness if you never have before. Even if you have come to Jesus for forgiveness before, maybe you've become aware of other things in your heart that aren't right. Come to God for forgiveness this morning. Come to Jesus for healing and hope or whatever your heart is longing for. If you are a person number one that has experienced any of those things there, you make your request make known to God. I need peace. I need hope. I need help. I need a place to belong. Fill in the blanks. Whatever it is that moved you in your spirit, you just tell God, I want that. Can you give that to me? Can you do that for me? You make that request known. People number two, commit yourself to following Jesus. To be His disciple. Commit yourself to working with Him to make disciples, even if you're not sure what that might look like yet. Tell Him I'm willing to go on a journey to figure that out and give my life to it. Like I said, if you're person number three, yours would stay, oh God, oh God, soften my heart. And for the person that has a hard heart this morning, it doesn't matter how hard it is. The Spirit of the living God is able to take the hardest heart that's not moved by anything around them and as the Spirit of God saturates that hard heart, it can turn it as soft and supple as the heart of an infant. It's possible. It's a miracle. And God's in the miracle work. Let's spend some time. You do personal business with the Lord this morning in response to those things. Go ahead and pray.
Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would perform your healing and your powerful, miracle-working work in each heart that's listening this morning or will listen to the recording. As requests are made, we ask in the name of Jesus that the power of your Spirit would flow powerfully in lives and meet those needs. Not something that's a one-time event, but is a continual outpouring of your Spirit to, like you said, where it becomes streams of living water that emanate from within that will forever water and fix those situations. Give people boldness and confidence to make their requests known to you and then to trust and believe that you are powerful enough and love enough to fix. And Lord, for everyone else, Lord, I I, I guess it's put this way, Lord, if I could ask one thing for all of us, give us your heart. Give us your heart. Lord, I'm convinced that if we have your heart, all these other things will be taken care of and will be worked out. And we will find ourselves on the most exciting journey beyond anything we could ever imagine. Give us your heart. Don't let us be satisfied with our hearts of stone or crusty areas. Give us your heart. Teach us and show us how to walk with you, how to love you, so that we can have your heart. I pray that you would do that. In Jesus' name, amen. We're in a, like I said, a series of messages. I am going to remind you regularly, probably every week for a while, that we've got to have God's heart. Got to have God's heart. He's got to do that heart transplant. We have to maintain soft, godly hearts. We're going to take a look at making disciples. And I remind you again, remember this as we head into this. You can't make disciples if you're not a disciple yourself. It's only possible when we love God with our whole being and we find that He has given us His heart inside. It's only then that we can truly love and have compassion and answer God's call and do it the way that He needs it done that will actually affect lives. We're going to take a look at what disciples are, what they're not. It will be good for all of us whether we have been a disciple our whole life to be reminded or whether we're just maybe you starting this morning because you asked Jesus in your heart or maybe you never heard about this whole being a disciple thing and you're saying, I'm in. It will be a good experience to figure out what a disciple is and what that looks like. Or for those of you that have been that way for a long time and the reminder of what's the goal we're shooting for when we work for people. We always say, I want somebody to come to church. I hope what that really means is I want somebody to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Because if all we do is want them to go to church, let's stop what we're doing right now because that's not going to fix anybody. There's nothing magic about coming together other than the fact that the powerful, living God dwells with His people when they come together. And what people need is that God encounter to change their lives and to walk in discipleship with Jesus Christ. We're going to learn and look at what making disciples is all about with some tools and some suggestions. Go on a journey together. Ready? This goes back to my teaching days. This was easy as a classroom teacher. It's something that's totally lost in the way that we do modern church. If we were in a classroom, whether it be high school or college right now, you know what? 
the bell would ring, and a lot of you would be watching your watch, and like all the kids do, as they pack their bags up, and even college students pack their books up because it's like a minute to go, and they want to make sure they're ready to leave. But you know what happened is, sometimes that bell rang right in the middle of discussion, and you just stop. And you know what you do the next day? You pick up where you left off. So to get answers to a lot of these things and continue this journey, you've got to come back next week. And it's not two isolated events. This message is not an isolated event. It, at, 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 at its least, it's been a process that began on the first Sunday in January, but it's been something that God's been building at for a long time. But we're giving it concerted effort right now, which is an ongoing discussion. Come back next week. If you can't be here next week, then listen to the recordings. If you haven't heard the other two first weeks in January, listen to them because you're missing some of the content that God wants you to have. We need to keep in mind the condition of our heart is key in all this. Without God's heart, we will never effectively walk out the Great Commission. We may have, we may give ourselves to the Great Commission, we may as a church come up with some great programs and great tools and techniques, but if we don't have God's heart as individuals in that process, we will absolutely guaranteed miss the mark. And we will offer people things that are close, but we'll never be able to really meet their need. Because we have failed human hearts. We need God's heart. We want to fulfill the Great Commission as individuals and as a church with the very heart of God. Doing it ready for His glory. Doing it because God, we are so aware and our heart bleeds with His heart. We know His motivations. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants everybody to come to meet Him. And we'll do whatever we can to help Him in that. And we'll sit there and question our motives a little more. Am I really doing this for Him or am I doing it for me? How it makes me feel. Or so I can check another thing off my list of things I need to get done. I want to encourage you. This whole heart condition thing, I can give you a something to do. First off, I'll give you two things to do. One you can do at home and one you're going to have to get out of your house for. First one in your house, spend time in God's presence. And it's not, spending time in His presence is not always just reading your Bible or you praying. Sometimes it's just silently, remember He said, be still and know that I'm God. And for some of us that's really hard because God seems to speak most powerfully through His Word or in our prayer times. Mix it up a little bit. Just Sit and listen to him. Let him do that. Because you know how you soften something that's hard? You soak it. You know how you marinate good meat? You soak it. The longer the better. They used to make things down in Oswego County, speedies. Actually, no, down in Binghamton area when they originated. And you used to go to the delis there and you know what they'd have? A five-gallon pail. A white five-gallon pail that sat in the cooler with cubed-up chicken or beef or pork that just sat day after day in the marinade. And when you put that on your grill and cooked it just right, mmm, yummy. Soaking over time. Second thing, encouragement. There is time built into this Wednesday Synergy Worship event to be in the presence of the Lord. We're going to sing. We're going to have people that are going to share some things that the Lord's laid on their heart that they've been seeking for. We're going to have some people that are going to lead us in prayer. But we're also going to have time with music playing in the background 
to just be in His presence and talk to God and listen to what He has to say. In synergy, I'll give a better explanation Wednesday night. It's when the, the parts, when they come together, accomplish way more and do more powerful things than if you took them all individually and added it up. Somehow a miracle occurs and they get more done together than they could have had if you just added each one individually. And the biggest piece of that is not just you and I coming together in agreement, which we want to do, but bringing the big, big piece in, which is we come together and we invite God to be in our midst because we want what He wants and we want to follow His ways and include, we, want to be, we don't want to include Him in what we're doing. We want Him to include us in what He's doing, which requires us to get off our high horse long enough to hear what He's saying. In that event, we're going to try to do some of that, which is to stop doing our thing all the time and just sit and listen to Him and see what He says. I encourage you to come. That will also help you to develop the heart of God Himself. I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to pray. Worship team can come on up and then we're going to close with a song. Heavenly Father, we just thank you this morning for what you've done, your goodness to us. Again, give us your heart, God. Give us your heart. Help us to go this week and boldly and confidently go into the things that you've called us to do, our jobs, our families, the things that we need to do in that, but constantly remind us to come back to you, to give you our hearts and ask you to change them and shape us. We ask in advance that you would Grace us with your presence on Wednesday night as we gather together, that you would minister the powerful truth. You'd, you'd show us and reveal your heart to us and show us the things that you'd have us do and that we'd have a sweet time in your presence, Lord. I just pray that you'd help each one of us to be bold to come and experience what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat>